survived the snow. Everybody, everybody survived the snow? How many people are ready for some more? Yes. There are four or five people that are spiritual here, and the rest of you, there's not, not any prayer. Somebody put on my Facebook yesterday, they said that uh, if I wanted snow all the time, that I should uh, move someplace uh, where I could enjoy it all year round. And uh, I commented and said, well, if you want sun all the time, maybe you should move somewhere. <laughs> they didn't go to this church, though, because I would never tell anybody in this church to move. We don't want to lose anybody. Uh, we've been talking about the last two weeks. This is the third week and the last week of uh, going to the next level. Going to the next level. I believe that God wants us to go to the next level in 2018. So the first week we talked about next level faith. We talked about what it looked like to have a faith that never failed. To have a faith that allowed us to believe God was in control even when it looked like God wasn't. And we talked about Joseph. And we talked about how that he was... Uh, they wanted to kill him. His brothers did. That's pretty bad when your own family wants to kill you. That's what Joseph went through. They threw him into a pit. But all throughout Joseph's story, the Bible kept reminding us, but God was with Joseph. And Joseph never faltered. He never failed. He kept trusting. He kept believing. And I suggested that that is the kind of faith that we have to have. Because we understand and we realize that there's going to be times in our life where we feel like Joseph. There's going to be times in our life we feel like everybody has turned their back on us. Everybody has forsook us. Everybody has walked away from us. And it's in those moments and it's those times that our faith is being tested and our faith is being tried. And we have to have next level faith. Faith like Joseph had. Last week we talked about a very popular subject. Money. If you weren't here, maybe, you, maybe you're lucky. We talked about next level finances. And we understand that it's not about the church getting more money. It's not about us making more money or it's not about us taking more money in. But it's about a, an attitude in our lives that says everything that I have comes from God. God gives me the ability to do the things that I do. God gives me the ability to just take a breath. And that nothing that we have is actually ours. It's not something you want to hear, is it? But it's true. Every, nothing that we have is actually ours. It all belongs to God. And all He is allowing us to do is to steward that and to manage that for the rest of our lives. And if we understand that if we will start doing our finances God's way, we can go to the next level. If we'll start trusting Him with our finances, then we can go to the next level. So that brings us to today. Our ultimate goal is to achieve next level living. Our ultimate goal is to go to a level in our lives that we've never been before. How do we do that? We want to try to go from what is to what is possible. What is to what is possible. 
And you see, what the world considers next level living is very different than what we would consider next level living. If you do a quick search on next level living, people say I'm the, the king of Google search. People hate to be around me because you know how you used to be able just to, to sit around and you, you would, maybe a sports fact, and you would just sit and guess. Well, maybe it was this person, maybe it was this person, and, and you would spend hours just, just thinking about who it was. Now in just seconds, you can Google it into discussion. It was this person. This is what happened. This is, this is when it happened. This is how it happened. But if you do just a, a quick search, you will get a response of next level living is achieving your goals, is making your dreams reality. But what if we consider that on a spiritual level? What if we truly made a decision to make a difference? What could we accomplish? What could we achieve? And this morning, I want to look at a, 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 a very short, I didn't say I was going to be short, but it's a short passage found in 1 Samuel chapter 14. And I want to look at someone in the Old Testament who decided that the status quo was not acceptable. Someone who decided that the, that the level that they were living at and the moment that they were in, that they wanted something more. And in 1 Samuel chapter 14, we find the story of Jonathan, the son of King Saul. And if you read the Old Testament, you will see that Jonathan played a major role in the life of David and in the life of his father, Saul. Jonathan was continually protecting and helping David when his own dad was trying to to kill David. Jonathan would, would always warn him, or Jonathan would always be that hedge between them. Jonathan had accepted the fact that God had appointed David to be the next king. You see, the way it was supposed to work was, Jonathan was, David's, was uh, Saul's son. And so when Saul died, Jonathan should have been the next king. But Jonathan understood that that wasn't his plot in life. He understood that God had appointed and had anointed David to be the next king and that his dad's throne would not be passed on to him. So in 1 Samuel chapter 14, we find Israel's army hiding. They had defeated the Amorites, and Jonathan had defeated a, a group of Philistines in a small skirmish, so Saul then foolishly declared war on the Philistines. The Bible tells us that the Philistines at this point were numerous as the sand. That's one big army. You ever try to count grains of sand? It's impossible. But that's how the, the Bible described the Philistine army. Saul's soldiers knew and they understood that they were overmatched. They knew Saul had bit off more than he could chew. And so here they were, they were hiding, they were fearful for their lives. And Saul had an arrogance about him that he didn't seek God, and it led to additional disobedience. He was supposed to wait for Samuel to arrive in the camp. He was supposed to wait for Samuel to get there, but Samuel didn't show up when he thought that he should. And Saul became impatient. 
And he said, you know what? I'm just going to do it my way. God, I know what you've said, but I want to get to the next level. I want to defeat these Philistines, and I'm going to do it my way. It's a dangerous place to be in. So Saul offered up a sacrifice without Samuel there. And then as soon as it happened, then Samuel showed up. And instead of Saul receiving Samuel's blessing and a blessing from God, Saul received a rebuke. And at that day, he told him, because you have disobeyed, because you have decided to do it your way instead of my way, your kingdom is not going to endure. Your kingdom is going to be destroyed. And so here we have Israel's army retreated and hid. While they were hiding, the Philistines raided the villages and they took all their weapons. There were only two swords remaining among this whole army. And those two swords belonged to Saul and to Jonathan. So not only were they outnumbered, now they didn't have their swords. They didn't have their weapons. And so in chapter 14 is where we'll pick up this story. Jonathan, no doubt, was probably in the middle of a defeated, depressed, discouraging situation. You ever been there? Anybody ever been there? You feel depressed. You feel defeated. You feel discouraged. You feel like that, that everything is wrong. Jonathan probably felt that way at this moment. He probably felt like this is the end. My dad has lost his mind, and I'm going to die because of it. It would have been easy for him to accept defeat. It would have been easy for Jonathan to look at the situation and say, you know what? It's over. It's over. It would have been easy for him to give up. It would have been easy for him to blame everyone else. Played the blame game. But instead, we find that Jonathan did the exact opposite. Jonathan did the exact opposite of what we would have expected him to do. He probably did the exact opposite of what many of us do or would do. You see, many of us, what happens is, is when the enemy attacks us, when the enemy starts telling us lies... We want to give up. We become discouraged. We feel defeated. We want to quit. Jonathan didn't. Jonathan found himself in that situation, but he decided that he was going to do something about it. He decided that he was going to take a step toward change. He decided, he made the decision that instead of doing what the world or what everyone else would have thought that he should have done, he made the decision to go to the next level. So in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, it says, One day Jonathan came to his armor bearer. Come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped at the outskirts of Gilba, around the pomegranate tree at Migron. So here we have him 
And the first thing that Jonathan did that would change his life and the lives of the people around him forever was he decided to take action. He decided to take action. He realized that things were not going to change unless he did his part. Everyone else was sitting around doing nothing. Everyone else were camped out by a tree thinking this is the end. But Jonathan said it doesn't have to be the end. It doesn't have to be the end. He made up his mind that things didn't have to stay the way they were. You see, too often we're like Saul and his army. We see the situation, we're fearful, and we think there's no way that it can change. We see the circumstances, and we become paralyzed out of fear. And we either just sit and do nothing, or we pick up our stuff and we flee. We're content sitting around hoping that things are going to change. Hoping that things are going to change. Can I tell you this morning, just like we talked about with finances last week, things aren't just going to change. I've told the story many times, but when, when I was up to about 300 pounds, I made a decision. I wanted things to change. If I wouldn't have done that, that was 10 years ago, I'd probably be about 600 pounds by now. That had to wheel me in here. Because I was on a path that was going to lead to my destruction. And many of us today are on a path that is leading us to destruction. And if we want to stop, if we want to change the path of our life, we go through His presence and we make a decision that we want things to change. So He took action. He decided to do something about it. So the first thing that, that we need to know is that if we want next level living, we've got to take action. The second thing that he did was he decided to be bold. He decided to be bold. He didn't tell anyone what he was doing, not even his dad. Guys, it's not a good idea, okay? Don't go out and fight the Philistines. If you're going to do that, be sure and tell your parents, all right? Jonathan didn't do that. He said he didn't tell anyone. And as I was reading that and thinking about that, I thought, why didn't he at least want somebody to know if he didn't come back, you know, where he was? Jonathan could have been killed right there, and they, they may have never known. You may have saw him on A&E, on the murder mystery. Never knew what happened to Jonathan. He just disappeared one day. He didn't tell anybody where he was going. And I thought about that, and I thought, why would he have done that? And then, then I believe I, I may have seen some insight into that. He made a bold decision to do what he was going to do, and he wasn't going to allow anybody to talk him out of it. Can you think and imagine Jonathan going to his dad and saying, Dad, here's my plan. Me and this other guy with one sword, we're going to go... Take on these guys. What do you think his dad would have said? What do you think the other 600 men would have said? You have lost your mind. 
They are going to kill you and destroy you. And so I think that Jonathan didn't want that discouragement in his life. He had made a bold decision to do what he was going to do, and he wasn't going to allow anybody to stop him or talk him out of it. A lot of times in our life, we allow people in our lives to speak into our life that have no business speaking into our life. We say, we're going to take action. We're going to make change. We're going to, to do what needs to be done. And then somebody comes along. Do you really think that's a good idea? Do you really think that you've lost your mind? You get up on Sunday morning, the only day you can sleep in and come to a building... You give how much money to the church? You know what you could do with that? We make bold decisions, but then we allow people to talk us out of and discourage us. And so I believe that Jonathan here said, you know what, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to separate myself from the naysayers. I'm going to separate myself from the people that will try to talk me out of doing what I feel like that I need to do to get to the next level, to change my situation. And sometimes we have to adjust who we're allowing to speak into our life. I'm not saying run away from the world because we are called, but there's a difference in, in hanging out with someone and allowing them to influence you. So here Jonathan decided to go to a place where the Philistines were with one other person and one sword between them. Sounds pretty insane, doesn't it? Sounds like a, a, a suicide mission. When I'm reading this, I think, I guess Jonathan just, he's just, he's tired of it. He's just ready to end it all. Being bold means that sometimes we have to make some tough decisions. Being bold means that sometimes we have to step out in faith. Being bold means that we have to be willing to say, I don't care what anyone else says or thinks. I'm going after God. I'm going to take action, and I'm going to take a bold step in order to change my situation. Let's skip down to verse 7. So Jonathan has, at this point, shared with his armor bearer his plan. Now this must have been a good dude. His armor bearer must have been well trained and well committed because, here's what he said, Do what you think is best. The armor bearer replied, I am with you completely, whatever you decide. I am with you completely, whatever you decide. How many people would like to have friends like that? This friend was so committed to Jonathan. He was so committed to what he had been called to do. And he said... Pal, whatever you decide, I'm going with you. And I believe if we want to get to the next level, we have to develop some next level friendships. 
some next level friendship. We need to surround ourselves with people who we allow into our lives who will speak positive. Who that when we get into a discouraged, disgruntled, depressed state that will speak into our lives and that will help lift us up and that will say, you know what? I'm going to be with you no matter what. Too many of us have isolated ourselves and when the enemy comes against us and when we get in those situations, that's why what we do here is so important. Yes, we come in to worship God. We come in to hear His Word. But having next level friendships of people who will never let you down, who will stand with you. You say, well, I've always been taught that that people will always let you down. I don't believe that. Will people let you down? Yes. Will they disappoint you? Yes. But there are people in this room. There are people in your life who will speak positive into your life and will be there for you no matter what. Just like the armor bearer for Jonathan said, you do what you think is best. I'm going with you. Someone who believed in him. And I believe what the enemy does to us is he wants us to surround ourselves with people who are exactly the opposite. And that's why it's so hard to let people in. It is so hard to allow people to really get to know you because we are afraid of being hurt. We're afraid of things that have happened in the past. We've got to get past that. We've got to get past sitting in our house Coming home from work, driving into our garage, letting the garage door shut, going in the back door so that no one ever sees us, and not coming out until the next morning. And unfortunately, that's what America has become. Me, myself. I'm going to stay at my house. I'm trying my very best. My daughter is a homebody. A homebody. She, she'll come home from school, won't even ask if we have plans or anything. By the time I can get in the door, she's already come down the steps with her pajamas on. True story. I come out, what are you doing? I just wanted some comfy clothes on. Where are we going tonight? I just want to stay home. Now, she likes friends, and that's one good thing that she has. If you say, hey, would you like to go to so-and-so's house? Hey, we're going to go to so-and-so's house. Are there going to be any kids there? But she's a homebody. And too many of us have become homebodies. It's so easy to do. It is so easy to lock ourselves up in our house, never let anybody in into our lives. It's so easy to retreat. But I'm telling you, if we as an individual and as a church are going to get to the next level, we have to start developing some next level friendships. I've said it before. It's a soapbox. Give me 30 seconds. That's why life groups are so important. That's why life groups are so important. 
And we are working on developing more life groups for people that like to do stuff other than work out. But I can tell you, there are people that have started working out, not because they really enjoy working out, but because after they went, they enjoyed being with the people around them. That's what it's all about. Matter of fact, I think I'm going tonight. Did you hear my mother-in-law? That sounded like a challenge. Honey, had I already made the decision, I was going to thank you. Right there. I didn't say I was going to work out, but I said I was going to go. I had one diet L8 left. I didn't even open it. I'm taking it with me tonight with a video camera. I've been told no video cameras allowed. I have to be secretive about it. But that's why it's so important. Next level friendships. His armor bearer was willing to go with him no matter what. Can I tell you, in my life, that's when I feel the most successful and the most content. This snow, I, I liked it. But being shut up in my house because my daughter didn't have school was about to drive me crazy. Because I need those. You need those. You've tried it your way. Try it God's way. Soapbox over. First Samuel 14, 8 through 13. Let's find out what happens. All right then, Jonathan told him. We will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we will kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. When the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, Look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, Come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet. And the Philistines fell before them, and his armor bearer killed those who came behind them. So here we have Jonathan and his armor bearer, and he devises this plan. He said, if they see us, and they tell us to come fight, we're going to go fight. Otherwise, we won't. Sounds like a dumb plan to me. And then what happens? They go. They see them. They challenge them. And at that point, he had made a, he had took action. He had made a bold statement and a bold decision. He said, if they do this, this is what we're going to do. And at that point, when they started challenging and laughing and, and you seen everybody that was there, it would have been really easy to hear him say, I was just kidding. <laughs> I was hoping God would kill him before I, you know, just uh, strike him dead before we had to go up there. He didn't do that. 
You know what he did? He was committed. He didn't get halfway into it and say, no, this is too difficult. He didn't get halfway in and say, I, I changed my mind. He didn't say and, and make a decision and take a, a bold action and a bold decision to do something, get halfway in, and then back out. As a matter of fact, the Bible lets us see that after he made this decision, that it even become more difficult. Because it said that he had to climb up using his hands and his feet. So not only was he going up to fight 20-some men with one person and one sword, but he was going to have to put forth effort and climb up using just his hands and his feet. It would have been really easy for Jonathan to look at that situation and say, no, too difficult. It would have been really easy for him to talk himself out of it. You ever talk to yourself out of doing anything? I'm going to be honest. About every Sunday at 5 o'clock, I talk myself out of it. Christian say, you going tonight? I don't feel like it. Last night, I made the decision because when I get here on Sunday mornings, uh, all this technical stuff that you see <clears throat> drives me nuts. And I'm coming in and, and between this and the check-in station and making sure that everything works. And, and uh, sometimes I think technology was created just to drive us crazy. But I made a decision last night. I said, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to come in. I'm going to come over last night and take care of it, get it all set up so I don't have to worry about it tomorrow morning. Christian looked at me and said, you going to the church tonight? No, I don't feel like it. Decided to take action, made a bold statement, but I wasn't committed to what I was doing. So what happened? I was here this morning, running around, and then I said, I'll just get there early in the morning. Got here 15 minutes later than I normally do. Poor Wilson and Julie were standing out here just with their nose pressed against the glass, trying to get in to fix the food, make the coffee. Gary, can we get them a key? That's pressure. I put you on the spot in front of everybody. It would have been easy for him to talk himself out of it. As I was reading that and thinking about going to the next level, the next level would mean up, right? Going to the next level, climbing higher. These two guys, they had to climb up. They had to climb up in order to reach and to obtain what they felt that God had placed before them. You see, when we start making decisions that we want to get to the next level, it's, you're going to have a million reasons of why you can't. You're going to be, have a million reasons as to why you should quit, as to why you should give up. And without commitment, we will never go from what is to what is possible. Without making a decision to take action, being bold in the decision that we make, 
and then staying committed to that, things aren't going to change. You see it so many times. People will get in the middle of a situation. They'll call me. They'll say, I need to make some changes in my life. I know where I need to be. I know what I need to be doing. And you'll see them for two, three, four weeks. And then slowly, you start seeing them every other week. The phone calls stop coming. You see them once a month. And the next thing you know, they're nowhere to be found. Why is that? They took action. They made a bold decision, but they weren't committed to it. And this morning, this, I'm just talking from my heart. Any successful sports team has tremendous commitment from that team. They're committed to doing whatever it takes to get better so that their team can succeed. It's basketball season. Next Sunday, I will stand before you. Either you loving me or you hating me. Because West Virginia plays UK next Saturday night. 7 o'clock. And if Kentucky loses and you're not here, I will call you out. (laughs) Because I can promise you if West Virginia loses, I'll be here. I may be curled up in a corner somewhere, but I'll be here. But a few nights ago, West Virginia lost to Kansas, which most Kentucky fans hate Kansas. But there an article come out the next day, and they said, midnight, there were guys in the gym after the game. They played a game on Saturday. They flew back from Texas, played a game on Monday. But at midnight, they were in the gym shooting. Midnight, after playing a two-and-a-half-hour basketball game, they were in the gym shooting. Why? Because they were, and they are, committed to getting better. They're committed to going to the next level. I hear you, Lord. Oh, it's just Rebecca. Sorry. She's so sorry. Committed to it. What if, what if, as a church, we had a group of individuals that said, I'm committed to it? One more point. In verse 6. I believe, I'm not sure that Jonathan knew what the outcome was going to be. You say, why do you say that? Because another version says, Jonathan said, perhaps God will fight for us. Perhaps. 
Jonathan stepped out. But the use of the word perhaps makes me believe that he wasn't certain of the outcome. You think, well, you know, the Bible tells us what the outcome. At this point, I'm not convinced that Jonathan knew whether this was going to end good or this was going to end bad. But what he was convinced of was that he had to go and do what he felt like he needed to do and be committed to going to the next level. Perhaps the Lord will fight for us. Now, look what happens. Jonathan and his armor bearer killed around 20 men by themselves. And at this point, panic began to set in on the Philistine army. I thought, what is this? Two guys? They've done wiped out 20 of our people. And then the Bible says an earthquake took place. I believe Jonathan found out real quick that his perhaps was God's going to do it. So there was an earthquake that took place, and they became disoriented. The army, the Philistine army did. They started killing each other. And then people saw what was going on, and people who had left Saul's army, who had run and hid because they were afraid, they started seeing that God was fighting for Saul and for his army. They decided, hey, I want to get back in on that action. They became encouraged because they saw what was happening. And the Bible tells us that the Lord saved Israel that day. How did it happen? Because one person made a decision not to be satisfied with the status quo, but instead to do his part to create change. I'm here to tell you this morning, I have no idea what the next level for this church looks like. I have no idea. I have things in my mind. I have ideas. I have thoughts. But I, if I'm being completely transparent, when we talk about going to the next level, I have no idea what that looks like. I don't know what God has in store for us. But what I do know is that if we will do our part, if we will decide that the status quo is not acceptable, and that we will take action... And that we will be bold in that action and that decision. If we'll put people around us that will help encourage us with friendships. And we'll stay committed to that. Because of Romans 8.31. I don't have to say perhaps. Perhaps. Because of Romans 8.31, it says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? There's no perhaps there. Paul tells us. Paul tells us. Jonathan was modeling this. He was modeling it. Allowing us to know long before Paul ever wrote it, if God is for us, 
who can be against us? With every head bowed, You might be here this morning and you may say, Pastor J.W., I don't even know why I'm here this morning. I can tell you that nothing happens by accident. I believe that. It's in God's Word. Our steps are ordered. But I believe there's some people here this morning that... You need to know that God is in control. You need to know that Jesus is the only way. And right now, the next level for you is just making the the decision to say, God, I want you in my life. That's the next level for you. best decision you'll ever make I say that out of experience it's not just preacher talk but if you're here this morning and you say Pastor J.W. I have have never truly made a decision or I've made a decision at, at one point but I know that I'm not where I need to be that's you, just slip your hand up. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to come up and lay hands on you. I just want to know. I just want you to be honest with yourself and to be honest with God that says, I know that I need Him. I've tried it my way. I need Him. Would there be one? You might be here this morning and you may say, you know what, I, I, at one point I, made, I, I took action to, to make a change in my life. Maybe I've done it three, four, five times. I've made a bold decision to do that. But I, and at one point maybe I was committed. But then that commitment just started to fade away. And I feel as if I'm at a place in my life right now that I... place I don't want to be and I don't need to be. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Thank you. Anybody else? I'm at a place I don't want to be. And you may be here this morning and you may say, I want to make a difference. I want my life to be different. But I need to become committed to that. I need to be committed to the fact of knowing that if I'm going to make a difference, if I'm going to make a change, if things are going to change in my life, I can't get halfway in and then stop. I can't get halfway in. I I want to be the most committed person that I can be to what God is calling me to be. I want to be more committed in my prayer life. I want to be more committed in reading my Bible. I want to be more committed to my friends. I want to be more committed to the church. I want to be more committed to the things in my life that I know I need to be doing in order to succeed and to get to the next level. If that's you, 
If you want to become more committed, if you want to be the kind of person that God wants you to be, I'm going to ask everyone to, I'm going to ask you to stand. I want to be more committed in everything that I do. I want a commitment like Saul and Jonathan had. I want a commitment like Jonathan and his armor bearer had. I want to make a difference. I want to become the person God has called me to be. If, you, if that's you, if that's you, we're going to pray. We're going to trust God. And we're going to walk in His promises. We're going to walk in His promises. So right now, Father, I come before you. God, I pray. You see the people gathered here this morning. God, you see those who have made a decision that they want to go to the next level. They, the decision that they want to be like Jonathan and have a commitment like they've never known before. God, I truly believe with everything that is in me that if we will commit ourselves to what you have called us to do, God, individually and as a church, we can go to the next level. God, I, I, I have no idea what that looks like. I have no idea what that involves. But God, I know that's what I want. God, I know that's what I desire. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you will just speak into the lives of the people here. God, this will not just be another Sunday service. This will not just be, I did my time, let's get on with the rest of the week. But that we will leave here different, changed, in a way that we have never felt, in a way that we have never known. God, may we be committed to you. God, I know that when we make that decision and we stand up and boldly say, I know there's going to be naysayers. I know there's going to be people trying to speak into our lives and say, you can't do it. It can't be done. It's impossible. God, give us the attitude of Jonathan that says, God will fight for us. God, let us stand on what the Apostle Paul wrote and believe that if you're for us, no one can come against us. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for what you've done in this place today. I thank you for lives and hearts that have been changed forever. I come against the enemy and what he will try to do and what he's already speaking in, into the ear of those here. I come against that. Set us free. Let us stand on your word. In Jesus' name.